Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. We are live. It is Sunday, October 21st, 2000, 2012. I'm Matt Delaney. Russell Glasser is here with me. Hey, guys. We're doing something strange and odd. Another live episode of the Atheist Experience. How long has it been since you and I were on the same time? Uh, we did one since the Ray Comfort episode. I don't remember. But it's been a while. Uh, but also Jen. strange and odd because we have all these awesome people from the Texas Free Thought Convention. Yes. <laughs> For those of you who were not able to make it down, we had a great time yesterday, starting with the rally at the steps of the Capitol, where several of us were able to get up and speak and encourage people to vote, participate, and build communities, and just generally continue being awesome everywhere. Um, followed by a trip over to the Sheraton, where there were book signings, lots of talks, and a debate. You, you got to witness more of it than I did, so... Did I? Uh, you know, I, I uh, showed up a little late for the speeches, but there were so many awesome ones. I mean, there were... Uh, Jessica Alquist is, like, my favorite speaker ever now. Uh, Sean Faircloth, Richard Dawkins, PZ Myers, some Matt guy, I don't know. Yeah. Zach Moore? Uh, I just missed Zach Moore. Oh, Zach's was awesome. Okay. Zach did a great job. Um, so... Yeah, it was a, it was great to see all these people get together and uh, and the energy was just terrific and the protester was terrific. Yeah, <laughs> the lone protester with the giant sign. I think there were two guys. Um, Lene got a picture with him, which is up on the blog now. And it's kind of funny because I I mean he did actually walk all the way up to kind of protest the rally, uh, but I think it's it's important to realize that. These guys were just out there doing their church service out in front of the Capitol, which happens all the time here. Somebody is out there preaching every weekend. Yeah, he stood there hovering and, uh, uh, you know, he, he wandered in and kind of waved the sign in some people's faces. But uh, I think you pointed him out to people and everybody was cheerful and friendly, which is good because... Uh, I saw on Facebook somewhere that the same guy uh, goes around like protesting a lot of events and picking fights like Fred Phelps. Mm. And to the atheist credit, nobody actually like took a punch at him and he got bored and wandered away. <laughs> <clears throat> so there was lots going on. Paul's here. What was the final count? Do we have one? Um, nothing official, but uh, we're at about 450. About 450 people or so. Uh, had a great time. Uh, for the first time ever, there was a debate at the event. Um, 
I was there to debate uh, Christine from Secular Pro-Life, who also happens to be here today. Um, we had a good time. The event was amazing. We're looking forward to next year's in San Antonio. And, of course, also coming up is the American Atheist National Convention here in Austin, which is not going to be anything to sneeze at. Uh, that's a big deal. 50th anniversary, coming back home. It's awesome. I'm yeah. excited. You should be excited. I'm excited. No, no, you should be I excited. I'm so damn excited. Man, I'm pumped. We want all you protesters <laughs> to come back for that one, too, so we can smile and thank you for showing up. Right. Just like always. <laughs> Did you have anything you wanted to touch on before uh, we go, No, not really. Uh, just um, thanks a lot to Paul, who did such an awesome job at, uh, at getting everything working together. <laughs> so today, I don't know if I mentioned it, but it's two hours today. We're not just doing a one-hour show. We went ahead and added an extra hour for the TFC. So even though the phone lines are completely full now, we're going to start going through rapid-fire calls, and you'll be able to get in. They'll put the number back up for you at the bottom of the screen here shortly. Uh, but let's jump right in. Oh, well, and if you're someone who comes to dinner after the show, then that will be an, be hour, an later. hour later. Yeah. FYI. Threadgills, uh, they'll put the address up at some point, I think. Anyway, we'll get started. We've got Edward here in Austin. Wow, that's a rare thing. How are you? Um, pretty good. Um, why is Russell on the show again? Uh, he was on last week, uh, if I'm is not this mistaken. Is Matt from Oslo? What? No. Uh, Russell's, on, Russell's on again because he's just generally awesome and filled in for me last week, and now I'm filling in for Jen. But do you have a question no. that doesn't relate to the logistics of who we decide to put on? <laughs> No, I was actually calling in about morality and uh, absence of morality when you're an atheist. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> and I don't mean to just be rude, but uh, are you disguising your voice uh, to hide your identity, or are you just getting ready to prank call us? Um, I'm not a prank caller, sir. Okay, so what's your question? Uh, how can you keep the same morality as a normal, decent Christian uh, well, not believing in God or a hell. Yeah, I, I don't consider Christians uh, normal or decent, and I don't care one whit for their version of morality. If you look at the Ten Commandments in the Bible, it says, uh, it says good things. You're not supposed to murder anyone. Uh, not the good things, like not, don't steal, which is pretty good foundation for morality. Well, Sure. Those are good foundations of morality that existed way before the Ten Commandments. You yeah. can check out the Code of Hammurabi and a bunch of the stuff like uh, don't work on the Sabbath and don't have any other gods before me. We just couldn't give a crap about. Yeah, those two that you picked, they're kind of they're kind of useful. They're a little vague. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, for example, the U.S. Criminal Code kind of goes into greater detail on, on this killing thing because that's just kind of, uh, you know, uh, ambiguous. Thou shalt not kill. Oh, it's murder. Oh, well, let's make laws about that. You see, the thing is, as Russell pointed out, neither one of those originated with the Ten Commandments. There's no reason to think that they come from any god. And it wouldn't matter if there was a god who said them, because they're right independent of whether or not there's a god. Yes, but they're still relevant today, and they were written 2,000 years ago yeah. uh, when the New Testament was getting written. And, and that matters why? Excuse me? Why, why does that matter, that they were written 2,000 years ago? When, especially when Russell just told you there's some that are older. Give me an example. Code of Hammurabi. Uh, what, what is that? What religion is that? 
That's not a religion. It's, That's it's, an ancient set of laws set up by King yeah, Hammurabi. Like, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> we talk about religion. We talk about religion. It doesn't matter what in order. There's there's nothing about Jews like in the Quran. Only thing I've seen in, in the Bible. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for filling us in. Did, did you have a, an actual question, or was this just an opportunity to remind us that there's... Uh, you know, we stood on the steps of the Capitol and, yesterday. And there's a whole Ten voice. Commandments monument there, so... I was hoping to get you to answer my question, but you obviously can't do it. What, what question? How can you make moral decisions and still be an atheist? Um, because morality is not tied to religion. I, I gave an entire... <laughs> What? It is for me. <laughs> no, it, it is isn't. Oh, well, I don't even know why we, I mean, I don't know how we can possibly continue. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Talk to you next time, Matt from Oslo. Thanks so much. Good job, Russell, for calling it. Joel, also yeah. in Austin. Oh, by the way, oh, still, I should Matt say from actually Oslo is still a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello. Hey, Joel, how are you? Uh, hello, uh, I'm good. Uh, so, I called into creation today. Do you know what that is? No, but I'm betting it's a creationist program. Yeah, it's the ministry that Eric Coven ha is running. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and, Why uh, did you do uh, that? Huh? Why would you do that? I was just calling there to see what that was all about, and he, he actually picked up Eric Coven, and uh, he speaks to us, uh, me and my friend. We were calling with Skype, so uh, it was a group Thing. And uh, well, uh, uh, he used this argument. It was kind of a philosophical argument that, as an atheist, you can't know anything because uh, you, you need uh, some. It was a really weird argument. Oh, uh, like, uh, it basically went like, as an atheist, you had no. Was it presuppositional uh, apologetics? Uh, I don't know what that. Uh, he he uh, it ended up with any, anything we said. He said, "Well, how do you know that? Uh, you don't have a ground for truth, and because you don't have like a God telling you what's true or not." Uh, uh, it, it's we basically got stumped by him. So I don't know. It yeah, felt really weird, and uh, basically, Matt, uh, you're a fat fucking piece uh, of. Sh hey, thanks so much. Anybody who gets stopped by Eric Hovind is uh, right on the money with all the rest of their assessments as well. Right. So it turns out we had no callers from Austin. We just had a couple of people from Asshole Town. Tim in Jackson, Tennessee. How are you? Pretty good. How are you all doing today? Good. Better awesome. now, I hope. <laughs> yeah, pretty color sucks. Um, hey, I had a question. Um, I've been doing a little bit of studying um, on Einstein and Spinoza, and I was wondering what y'all's opinion was on pantheism and the use of pantheistic language, uh, specifically the way that they used it. Um, sort of, it's not really necessarily supernatural, but rather more of a profound reverence for nature. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what's y'all's opinion on that? Uh, there's no reason to believe that there are gods in every you know, that there are gods in anything, let alone gods in everything. Uh, yeah, I think. I think Spinoza and Einstein's reference to 
nature as a god, this kind of pantheistic thing. Uh, I realize there's people who still look at that and, and say those same sorts of things. I don't see any real use in it. I think it's kind of a remnant of a once upon a time where it was a lot easier to talk about things in those terms and a lot harder to just say, oh, I don't believe that you know a god exists. Uh, I don't find any real value there at all. I, at, at most, it gets distilled down to like uh, poetic ideas about the you know nature and the beauty and you know order and all of these things. Um, I, I care more about what's actually real. Right. I, that does, that's not to shy away from you know poetry and metaphor and things like that. They're they're interesting and, and entertaining and can provide insight. But when we're talking about whether or not you actually believe in a god, um, I think. I think the people who say, well, I'm a pantheist, um, uh, are cheating. Right. Einstein's use of Spinoza's God was, like, like Matt said, uh, generally kind of, kind of poetic or symbolic. And, uh, you know, it's clear from stuff that he wrote closer to the end of his life that he wasn't big on this whole God stuff. In fact, uh, actually, in the news recently, there was a letter of his which, uh, which went up for auction that he wrote, uh, I think, in the 50s somewhere, uh, where he said, uh, for me, the Jewish religion, Einstein was Jewish, uh, like all other religions, is an incarnation of the most childish superstitions, and the Jewish God to whom I gladly belong and with whose mentality I have a deep, uh, a deep affinity have no different quality for me than all other people. Uh, as far as my experience goes, they are no better than any other human groups, although they are protected from the worst cancers by a lack of power. Otherwise, I cannot see anything chosen about them. Um, I, I mean, <clears throat> generally, Einstein is credited with having uh, referenced Spinoza in saying that he has sort of a reverence to uh, to the universe and the laws of, of nature, which might be uh, compared to a religion. Um, but when, you, when uh, people talk about being pantheists and say that there's gods in everything, Either they're talking about something so vague that there's no point in calling it a god, or uh, they're just saying something that's probably wrong. Yeah, okay. I think, and, and actually, PZ mentioned this a little bit in his talk, this, this sense of awe and wonder at nature. We see this a lot from scientists. I, I share this, and I don't know how anybody couldn't. I mean, it's just, when you look around at the world, it's, it is amazing. Um, I agree. But I don't see any reason to call it God. I think that's uh, playing around with language in a way that it, it's annoying, actually. Okay. I, I'm, I'm an atheist, but uh, when I was studying this, um, it, was, it just really uh, brought to mind some questions about, um, you know, should we, you know, attempt to reclaim some of the religious language and reappropriate it for secular use, or... Is it something that can't be done? No, well, I think, you know, I don't want to necessarily cede useful linguistic ground to religion. First of all, I'm not giving him all the best curses. I'm going to... <laughs> There's no reason I should come up with a new word for damn it. You know, it's, it's pretty good. And I don't care that I'm not actually able to damn anything in any traditional sense. Um, I, I've, I've often mentioned that when it comes to religion, we should keep the good and jettison the bad. Get rid of all the baggage, but keep the thing as good. It doesn't belong to them anyway. It all belongs to humanity. The fact that religion co-opted some things 
you know, for example, I have no problem at all with talking about the human spirit or a metaphorical soul. I tend to avoid actually using the language and try to focus more on what it is that I'm actually talking about. Um, but yeah, if there was some, if there's some, if there is some particularly valuable word, uh, I don't care if religions have co-opted it. I'm using it. Let's let's use the best words for what we're talking about. All right. Although along those lines, I would like to say that uh, Greta Christina recently ran sort of a blog contest to see who could come up with the best secular alternative to the term preaching to the choir. Did you see this? Yes. <laughs> and and I believe the winner was cheering to the pep squad, which uh, I, I think I could get used to. On anyway. the other hand, I, uh, I haven't heard anybody singing but I've many times noted that I would certainly qualify as a preacher on behalf of skepticism, atheism, etc. Sure. So, who knows? And I've given a talk on being an atheist evangelist, so, yeah. you know. If the shoe fits, I'll own it. Any, anything else, Tim? Uh, that's it. Thank cool. you. Thanks. How's the weather in Jackson? That's nice today. Cool. Thanks for calling. Thank you. So, as a reminder, once the show's over, and it's going to be two hours today, instead of being over at 5.30 Central, we'll be done at 6.30 Central. Um, there's talk, of course, of heading over to Threadgill's like normal. Uh, but as a reminder, this, this week could be kind of different in that you're pretty much on your own. Uh, uh, there's no way that we're going to be able to get together as one, one unit anywhere. Um, wow. Amar in New York, how are you? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Uh, so I was hoping to talk about abortion and homosexuality. You know, we have a very suspicious number of Norwegian-sounding accents I today. Know. And this guy's from New York. <laughs> Call screeners, can you do a better job? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's difficult. He wanted to talk about abortion and homosexuality. Here, here's the so thing. <laughs> Here's the thing about Matt from Oslo that I find funny. He called in with some legitimate arguments a few times at the beginning, and he got, like, the crap beaten out of him every single time. I saw him on shows with you. I took him on shows with me. Uh, you know, we demolished his arguments, and now he's reduced to this sort of screaming, ranting thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, and I think it's a good representation of how when religious people run out of arguments, uh, they're just going to go for trolling. Except that I don't think he's a religious individual. Do you, oh, you don't? No, I think he's an I think he's an atheist troll. Okay, so you don't think his uh, his Norwegian creationist stuff? Uh, no, I think every bit of it was, hey, let's set up straw men for them to argue with, because I'm tired of hearing atheists call in. Oh, you think so it was? I think it's exactly like right down the line. A friend of that yes. uh, Mark from Stone Church guy. Of, hey, let's have an argument, even if I have to fake it. I don't need right. you to fake it. I mean, and, and and by the way, you know, as we demonstrated yesterday, it's funny he should happen to bring up abortion. That's what the debate was about at yesterday's TFC, um, and it was two atheists debating for different positions because. There's no, no reason to think that we're necessarily going to agree on, well, much of anything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know who, who these callers are or right. whether or not... It's really difficult to tell whether or not anybody's being sincere. It's the whole reason you get that... Good point. Know, that confusion 
that any idea can be parodied. And there are people out there who believe all these things, which is why generally, you know, I don't, I don't really care if they're, if they're being sincere as long as we have a good conversation. But if it's just, hey, you're fat, well, tell me something I didn't know. But the know? thing is, we, we do try to take religious arguments seriously on the show and not just dismiss, uh, you know, and not just make our own straw man of what we think they would be saying. Uh, and the- <laughs> I don't get it. Sorry, distraction on the set. Call her back. Uh, anyway, we've spent enough time on that. Yeah. Uh, for the people who are wondering, uh, my phone was ringing and it's my mom, and that doesn't <laughs> happen usually unless it's something important. So that's going to take care of that. Uh, I'm sorry, is this Johanan? Uh, yes. Uh, have you heard of a, a physicist named Anton Zarlinger? No. That. The name sounds kind of familiar, but He's I'll just the, say... He's uh, the inventor of quantum teleportation. Uh, Wolf Price, he comes from the uh, University of Vienna. He invented quantum teleportation? Well, he didn't invent the theory behind it. He, it, it. The theory was produced first, and then he produced it in an experiment. But uh, what I was going to talk about, though, was a different experiment he did back in 2007. Are you familiar with his uh, test of legacy inequalities? Nope. Basically, they disproved realism in quantum mechanics. Uh, there was local realism, which was falsified by Alien Aspect back in the 80s, and then later on he falsified non-local realism, and the result, and you can actually look this up on Physics World, uh, April 2007, is an article is Quantum Physics Says Goodbye to Reality, and the argument was that basically think, the, the, the conclusion was that things don't actually exist in the quantum realm before you make a measurement of them. Now, what's interesting about this is that this ties into what's called the digital physics paradigm, You've heard of that before? No, but I'll dispute your claim that it's interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, you can tell uh, Mark Lowy, I know you're your physics guy, just in case you bring him up. He said, yeah, Check this stuff out. Uh, anyway, there's a, a paradigm in physics right now called digital physics that says that the world is information at bottom. It comes in from quantum gravity and other areas, and it also argues that uh, space is illusory as well. This is coming from loop quantum gravity, and you can actually derive the same result from non-theoretical, this is from like experimental results. Yeah, I'm wondering if you called the right show. Okay, what I'm getting at is that you can model the world, and there's a guy named Brian Whitworth who does this, you can model the world like a virtual reality based on information processing. Sure. This, this is all, and it sounds crazy, right? This is all serious. Uh, NASA physicist named Tom Campbell is also promoting this. And uh, what I was going to get into next, though, was... Um, Integrated information theory. This is Julio Tononi. What has this got to do with the atheist experience, though? I'll explain. I'll explain. Maybe. Okay. It switch gears to basically, I'm going to argue that the universe is on the inside of a, a conscious state, and what? that the only way around this is either to excuse me. Can can we skip to something? Uh, is any are any of these claims that you're about to make directly stated by any of the? primary research papers that you're referring to, or is this uh, just a, a conclusion with, that you've jumped to? Uh, the one with Zeilinger's claim, that is directly, that was that in his paper. He that a quote? That realism is false. And then yeah, no, 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 no. The, the conscious mind conclusion that you're skipping to. Did he okay. say that? Uh, actually, Giulio Tononi, I believe, argues for panpsychism. However, it's a really simple argument when you explain the details of it. Basically, no one can really agree on how we get from brain to mind, but the one thing that 
pretty much everyone. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I, 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 let, me, let me explain real quickly. I'll get, let you get right back to it. Um, right. For the people who have this knee-jerk reaction to, oh, no, 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 it's rude to interrupt. Um, no, it's going to actually happen, and that's because if I let somebody start an argument and then continue on down the line when there's a disagreement or unclear terms at the beginning, um, then by the time we get to the end and I go back, then it becomes an argument about whether or not they said what they said. Um, your take that there's not agreement on how to get from brain to mind presumes that the two are different. Okay, that's, that, you know, that, that's fine. What I'm, what I'm getting at, though, is that you can disagree with that, which is perfectly fine. Tononi's approach, though, because even even among uh, materialists, there's some disagreements on exactly how it happens. But he was saying, let's forget for just a second our disagreement on that, but let's agree on the one thing that everyone can agree on, which is what it's like to have conscious experience. And he pointed out that, well, if you think about your own mind state for a second, everything in it is, well, either an idea or a it's empirical information coming into the senses. Yeah, I'm not and sure. So, I'm not sure that talking about what it's like is fair, and I don't know that you can go from what it's like to what it is. Well, he, okay. What, what I'm getting at is, there's consciousness in itself. The the experience of what, what the phenomenon we call consciousness is basically just information, ideas in our head, right? I mean, if, if our brains were computing away, if you're Chalmers' P zombie argument, right? I, I don't even know what you just said. Okay, so let's suppose you have like a brain in a toaster oven shipped into a laboratory, and you never you never saw a brain before in your life, you never heard of a brain before in your life. You could analyze both of these objects, and you couldn't tell from first principles that one would be conscious and the other one would be just a toaster oven, right? Well, neither could you tell the difference between you know a computer hard drive and an off state, and and one that's actually running some kind of software. But that doesn't mean that physical processes aren't responsible for it. Well, I'm not, okay, I'm not actually arguing that it's not a natural explanation. I, my personal view is I'm a, ne a neutral monist. I think it is tied to the brain. I'm not like a dualist or anything okay. like that. So are you that saying that the universe is a brain? Uh, I'm saying it's a mind, an integrated information system. Why? Well, because it behaves identical. It, uh, unless you argue no, it dualism, you have to say that it's the same thing as a conscious state, because otherwise you have to draw a distinction between physical and mental No, you don't. I, I mean, this is something that, that people who are amateurs with, con with quantum mechanics do all the time, is just jump to conclusions about minds which uh, are not supported by the actual scientific research that's being done. That, you know, this is, this is Deepak Chopra stuff. Um, uh, this is... I, 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 I also saw some physics people, and Mike, I'm a physics person myself, but it's... Okay, have you published any no. papers promoting I'm, I'm, this I, theory with the consciousness of the universe thing? No, but I will point you to Tom Campbell, who's a NASA physicist, who comes to the same conclusion. Okay, all right. Can, can we, you know, I know that we made this a two-hour show, but I don't necessarily <laughs> want this to be the two-hour call. So... Um, since we don't agree, wake up, Matt. On the, uh, since we don't agree on the brain mind thing, I don't know what how much point there is in continuing. Well, what, what I'm getting at is we may not agree exactly on the details of the brain mind thing, but we can at least agree on what it's subjectively like to have consciousness. 
I'm not even sure that we can agree on that, but I'm most definitely sure that even if we could agree on what it's like, the experiential process of being conscious, that you went from there to uh, a some sort of broader truth that leads to the universe being a mind because it acts in, in this way when it doesn't in any sense well, other than is, in any sense other right, than right. we are bags down, in any sense in bit. any sense other than we are bags of chemicals interacting and there's this nifty phenomenon that we have then labeled and the rest of the universe is chemicals interacting and there are other phenomenon that we are labeled so yeah hey look argument by analogy they're just the same I'm, I'm, let me break it down past the analogy because okay. what Benoni was arguing was that Consciousness is identical. A conscious state is identical with an integrated information system. All right. And so when you think about it for a second, and this is going to sound kind of crazy at first, but let's suppose this is the inception or something and we're in like some shared lucid dream, okay? Crazy, but just play with it as a hypothetical. And you examine, do experiments in there, and you discover that, well, the space is an illusion, just like we see in our reality. You discover that the matter doesn't exist before you measure it, which is also what we see in our reality, because at the, the quantum scale, and you see that all the processes emerge from information processing. Well, example, let me ask you something. Uh, if this is a scientific theory, then what predictions does it make? I mean, how will you tell the... How would you... Uh, suppose that we have the question, is it conscious or is it not conscious? What prediction could you make to demonstrate that it was one and not the other? This is going to be really cool. I'll show you a couple of them, oh, actually. Boy. Okay, so, so we have two models. One is atoms in the void. It's particles moving around the empty space. The other one is we're going to model the world as a virtual reality based on information processing or based on thought processing, if you will. And I when you do this... don't accept the idea that calling it virtual reality makes it thoughts. Okay. Um, you can, I'll, I'll just give you a little reference on the virtual reality model. This is Brian oh, Whitworth. This, so you can look at this up for later if you want. He actually demonstrated that um, the speed of light, for example, would emerge out as a natural result of the refresh rate of, like, say, a computer or a conscious state process. So your prediction is that the speed of light will be what it is? Yeah, it's not just that, though. He had that's, a list of, like, That's 20. a retroactive prediction. That's okay, not yeah, something yeah, there's, there's that you can test though, at. Though. One of them... I mean, that, know, that's one in science they call just-so stories, where you take stuff that's I, already known and you retrofit your idea to fit the facts. And, and no, 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 you hold on. No, 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 hold on. This is not the right forum for this stuff. Um, you can, and I apologize for being rude, uh, but... I don't give a rat's ass about hypothetical models and interesting. No, this is hypothetical. Um, you this just went. Proven. You just went to let's construct this hypothetical model. So well, I'm giving, let I'm me giving finish. You the, you're done. <clears throat> I don't give a rat's ass about. First of all, I don't give a rat's ass about quantum mechanics and quantum theory and postulations and stuff. I want to know about reality. And you talk about. Uh, speculative fledgling sciences where I'm not even I'm not qualified to comment on their validity and yet I want to know what this tells us about reality and why it matters because ultimately well, the you first could thing sit he said here, is there is no reality anymore. yes well I mean you could sit here for the next 45 minutes to an hour until my gla eyes glazed over and rolled out of my head explaining to me the physics stuff that I don't <laughs> give a damn about 
because it doesn't mean anything to me. And I'm sure that you feel feel free, feel entirely free, and you are entirely fair and justified in, in claiming that these buffoons on the TV show don't understand the physics and completely disregarded what I wanted to say without letting me finish, because that's accurate. And you know why? Because it's stupid! <laughs> It's stupid for me to sit here and waste my time and the time of everybody else who is not only here uh, in the studio but watching live on things that maybe, maybe a half of 1% of the... You know what? This does remind me very much of a God thing, this higher theological notion that there's a God out there, but in order to actually be able to comprehend that there's a God, you have to be in the upper half of a half of a percent of the population and be sufficiently educated in these particular fields and be in the right place at the right time. Bite me. I don't... I can't, you know... Maybe I'm a dullard. Uh, I'm perfectly willing to accept that. Uh, I'm not a physicist. I'm not a quantum physicist. I'm not an astrophysicist. Uh, I do know a few of them. There's one sitting in the room whose eyes looks like they've glazed over as well. Uh, and he's nodding. So, you know, call a physics show. And make your case to the people who understand it. And when you get the Nobel Prize for demonstrating that reality is fictional, then you can come back and say that reality is fictional. And I'll say, great, what frickin' difference does that make to me? You might as well have demonstrated to me that free will is an illusion. Great. I, it doesn't make any difference to me unless you demonstrate that there's some way out of this, like I'm trapped in the matrix. And, and now you've, you've got my solution. Otherwise, you're just wasting time. Whoa. What? I know Kung Fu. Wow. <laughs> I quit. Because <laughs> Russell will beat me up. Tom in Sacramento, if you mention physics, I'm hanging up. How are you? Hello, this is Kent Hovind. I thought I... Yeah. Tom, Got it. Tom in Sacramento was not Kent Hovind. All right. Kevin in New York, how are you? Uh, hello. 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 Um, I have a question, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was at a funeral. I'm tired of these guys with accents. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not buying it anymore. What? <laughs> Did I just jump the gun? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. Kevin, if Russell jumped the gun, feel free to call back. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Trigger happy. Norma in Seattle, how are you? Hi. Hello? Hi. Hi. Um, I had I had an idea the other day that I don't think I've ever heard put just this way. And I wanted to see if I could get some feedback on it. Sure. Um belief is necessary for salvation according to Christian doctrine. If if Christians bring up their children, or any other faith for that matter, bring up their children by indoctrination, does that child believe, or are they indoctrinated? And if they are indoctrinated, they don't believe, thus they are not saved. Well, okay, first of all, there's lots of different Christian models for the salvation process. Right, and, right. And it's not... It's, it's rarely talked about as simple belief. Um, you know, it's, 
in, in the traditions and traditions that I grew up in. It's salvation uh, by faith or by grace through faith. So it's a gift of God that you get, etc. But this idea about indoctrination doesn't lead to belief. Of course it does. That's the point of indoctrination. Belief is simply accepting a proposition is true, and it doesn't matter whether that's you can be you can be it's the result of becoming convinced believing something is after you become convinced and you can be convinced for good reasons or bad reasons you can be convinced for good reasons like hey this is supported by a lot of evidence seems to match a lot of what we've seen and in talking to other people all of this lines up and so i believe this and i'm not claiming that it's absolutely certain but it's pretty good but you can also be convinced by bad evidence and that's exactly what indoctrination is um you know there's uh this is uh perhaps slightly inappropriate, but when I was a little kid, I believed that women didn't fart. And that's because my mother told me that over and over again. I have since learned that this is not true. Right. But I, I believed it, and I believed it for bad reasons. And you could say that I was indoctrinated to believe that silly claim, just like I was indoctrinated to believe the similarly silly claims about people walking on water and living in fish and other stuff. But, yeah, I actually did believe it. I, th I think the point that you're getting that at, though, is uh, strong. And it's one that we've used in response to Pascal's wager, which is, wow, where did that light come from? <laughs> God? Okay. <laughs> is that you? <laughs> if so, could you do something more than flip a light switch? Because that's pretty freaking lame. Uh, but we've used it in response to Pascal's wager, which is this idea that um, you should you should just go ahead and act as if you believe even if you don't. And that's a right, problem. Right. You know, can you fool God? Is your belief sincere? Uh, which I think is, is kind of what you're touching on. Right. I'm saying that it's not because it's been indoctrinated. Yeah. No, wouldn't you think well, that uh, <laughs> Christians, when, when viewing other faiths, would say that their children are indoctrinated, given that indoctrination is a pejorative. Yeah, yeah, but you see, the thing is, some Christians uh, believe in something which is called the census divinatus. Uh, not sure I'm going to pronounce divinatus. this right. Yeah, census divinatus, which is that uh, um, God basically reveals his existence by dumping the knowledge straight into the heads of and hearts of every person out there. And so... Um, a person who is a true believer will often feel like they, uh, you know, their feeling about what's true about God is enough to prove that it really is true, uh, and that uh, every person on earth actually feels the same thing, and anybody who has a different outlook on God is just lying about what they think. It's kind of a cornerstone of presuppositional apologetics. So, um, uh, and so... You know, pe people with a scientific bent will tend to, uh, you know, assume that everything that they think could possibly be wrong and then go look for uh, ways to investigate uh, and demonstrate that they're actually not wrong. But, right. uh, but the faith model of the world says that uh, the stuff that you really believe, that's because God put that in there. Uh, and so, you know, they feel perfectly justified in stopping what they add what they might have been indoctrinated with as kids because they just feel that it's true. Yeah, so reason has nothing to do with it. Um, no, and part of it is that, you know, you think that other people may be indoctrinated 
but you don't think you're actually actually indoctrinating your kids. You think you're teaching them and teaching the right yeah. stuff and making them receptive yeah. vessels yeah. for God to stick something in. Well, let me well, let me ask you this. It's a little kind of related. At what at what age do you think a child has? Okay, given pretend they haven't heard any uh, doctrines at all up to a certain age, and then they're exposed to different doctrines. What what age do you think they would believe something in the true sense of the word based on what they're what they research or are exposed to, or or you know what? What age was the child legitimately believing something? Um, speaking as a parent, kids aren't blank slates. They're never blank slates. Right. Uh, you know, ev everything that you believe uh, is kind of filtered through the way that you were raised. And even if you were to think that you could raise them without indoctrinating anything, I, I think those first, like, five or six years or so are are basically crucial in shaping the way that kids' minds work. Yeah, so no, I, I'm not know, sure that's a legitimate question. I think I think when we talk about the way belief works, and you know, like you mentioned, it's just accepting a proposition is true. I think that I don't know that there is an age limit on it. You know, when you talk about, for example, little kids believing in Santa Claus, they, they believe. Some of them, you know, we don't always believe everything in the same way. You know, my my belief about. Um, my belief about the actions that the interactions that I have with other people is in a slightly different category of than, than my belief about the scientific facts that I've discovered externally. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I don't I don't have the same level of confidence in everything. Right. Okay. Well, I got I got the feedback that I wanted. Thank you so much. Sure. Thanks for calling. All right. Have a good Bye. day. Um. Julie in Brooklyn, how are you? Hey, Matt, it's me. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? I'm hey, exhausted. Hey, Hi. Yeah, um, wow, I guess there's not a lot of people queued up tonight. I just caught it a minute ago. Yeah, I'm not going to take up too much of your time, but um, I just thought I'd put this story out there for, for like, the religious people who, like, who fall into the whole, I don't understand it, therefore God did it. Um... About a week ago, I was in a Starbucks with three of my friends, and we were sitting around one of those tiny tables, and um, and my my bag was under the table, and um, I'm hearing my an echo. I'm hearing an echo of myself as I'm talking. What's going on here? Is your uh, is you your show streaming stream? right now? Yeah, I turned the volume down. I don't know. Okay, I'll do the best I can. But anyway, my bag was under the between my feet so that it wouldn't get stolen and as we got up to leave um, the bag was gone I have no idea what happened um, we all tried to figure out when we might have turned our heads there are always three people at the table at once but eventually we, we concluded somebody must have distracted us in a way that was so innocuous we can't remember it and I'm sure if we looked through the surveillance camera we'd say how the hell did we miss this but um you know, we we are we sure as hell aren't going to say, oh, we don't know how it appeared, so it must have disappeared into a vortex. So I just thought I'd put that out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the rational course of action, and not leap to supernatural explanations just because you don't know. Or you also don't have to leap to the conclusion that reality is an illusion that that 
<laughs> resulted in a vortex that you can't see directly between your feet. But Right. Okay. Thanks a lot for calling. No, 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 I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. Uh, Jason in Austin. Yes, sir. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, I have actually two questions. I just kind of stumbled on this uh, uh, TV show here, and uh, I wanted to ask you guys. Obviously, you guys have the atheist experience. What is the purpose in life for an atheist? Well, what do you mean by purpose in life? Because as far as I'm concerned... I give my life whatever purpose and meaning and direction I want. Right, right. Like, for example, for any to know the purpose of something, whatever, like a person who built a car, if I walked onto a car, I wouldn't know its purpose unless that guy had an owner's manual or explained the purpose, what does what. Well, see, the thing you is, guys the thing is y- yeah, you're, you're talking about, oh, a car was in, in, in crafted for a purpose. Um, right, and but there's another connotation, which is what is the purpose of this car? And I've seen cars for which the purpose is to drive, and others for which it is to be a planter for potted plants sitting out in front of a building, and for others it's a decoration. And for you know, for other, the, the, we imbue purpose onto things. Now. If you want to look at it as what is the purpose that is imbued in humanity externally in the same way of the car being designed, then it's, as far as we can tell, to pass on our genetic code. That's the process that evolution's given us. But we can give our lives whatever meaning and purpose we want. Okay, so in other words, you guys gravitate that evolution is real and true and validated. Of course. Don't you think evolution is true? Well, microevolution maybe, but macroevolution. No. Wow, I. It's uh, okay. I'm. I. You know. I realize that there are people out there who just uh, fall into this trap of making these distinctions. But uh, okay. Right. Well, I mean, in, in, I mean in the thing you the thing you just asked is a non sequitur because. Uh, uh, you know, the reason we think evolution is true is that basically it's the recognized explanation by biologists for how the diversity of life came about. But it's got nothing to do with explaining now that we're here, what should we do with our lives? Right, right. I understand. And, and that kind of was a topic that we just kind of branched to, and we can maybe talk about it if you guys give me the grace on the show. But uh, I wanted to ask another question. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, do you guys uh, believe he was a real person? I don't know. I think okay. that if uh, if Jesus cr- if Jesus was a historical figure, then the Bible is probably about as accurate as Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, it, it could be based on real historical facts, but uh, but there's no reason to believe that any of that water to wine, walking on water, rising from the dead stuff ever happened to anybody. Yeah, and I, I don't know uh, whether or not there was a historical figure that it was based on or several or whether it was... I don't, I don't know, and I don't know how we can know. I know that um, uh, a friend of mine, Richard Carrier, is currently using Bayes' theorem as a model for demonstrating uh, a way to determine the probability of historical events, and he's actually using this to evaluate 
the probability that Jesus was a historical character. But let's just say, um, for the sake of argument, that uh, it's likely that there was a Jesus character. What difference does that make? Well, it, it makes a big difference because either, you know, because, for example, just saying the Bible says that Jesus says, I'm the only way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No and man it, comes to the Father God except through me. Yeah. So either Jesus was the biggest liar, the biggest deceiver ever known, or he is what he was saying. You know, no, so no, 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 no. Those aren't the only options at all. I, I conceded for the sake of argument that there was a real person there. That doesn't mean that anything that's recorded about that person is actually accurate. Maybe that's something, that's words that somebody put into his mouth. But maybe he was a liar. Maybe he was a lunatic. Maybe this is legend. How can you tell the difference? You, we can't even demonstrate that the guy existed, and yet you're saying the only two options are that either he was a liar or everything he said is true, and now we all of a sudden have to accept that. That's absurd. You don't use that, you don't use that same criteria for alien abductees, do you, who tell you their stories? Is that the only option? Is that, that they're either lying or that it's true? So how do you know, what can you believe in this life? Can you believe Darwin? Do you believe, like, what he, uh, what's written about his beliefs or what happened with him as far as his Dar development? Darwin's beliefs as such aren't really of interest to me. The The reason that evolution is, uh, is treated as true at this point is because uh, it made testable predictions which people could then study and then potentially contradict, and it turned out to be accurate. I mean, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with ring species, for instance. Have you heard about this? Uh, can you elaborate? Well, okay, so uh, one of the things that, uh, that people have discovered when they study is that uh, there are these islands where uh, you have similar species, like, like I guess finches would be one of the examples, where... Um, the neighboring finches, as you go around the island, can all mate with each other, okay? okay. But when you get all the way around the island, because there's been drift, uh, it turns out the last species in the group has changed so much that it can't interbreed with the first, which means that it's actually a speciation event, a change in actual species. I mean, it's so, stuff like that that demonstrates that uh, that diversity of life actually uh, actually has natural explanations. Right. So, like, basically, based off of that logic, you would apply that blanket over all existence and say that everything was an accident, came from a cesspool, some unknown phenomenon. A Let's cesspool. not identify it as God. Cesspool. I don't think Perfect. any. Modern scientific theory says anything about cesspools. Yeah, but uh, about that. The, the thing <laughs> is, um, taking a general principle and, and extending it out um, is a good way to begin a hypothesis. And so, while we know you've made a distinction between microevolution and macroevolution, the only real difference is time. Um, given enough time, you're going to have the opportunity for all of the diversity that we see. But the thing is, but if, we're on a timeline. What? We're on a timeline, you know. This life we're going to be our, is going to be over soon enough for you or for me, you know. What the hell is that? What I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying, given enough time, your your view of this distinction between microevolution and macroevolution is that you're you're convinced that little changes can occur, but these little Within changes. The but with, no, 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 let me finish. But you you don't think these little changes can result in big changes given enough time? 
And that's just absurd. And the, the, the reason that we, we can say that is because once we discovered this basic principle and we went out and began to investigate it, we started making, you know, testable hypotheses. And it turns out that evolution makes predictions and not just about things like microbes and fruit flies and how they evolve and, and, and pesticides, but also in the bigger sense of, hey, if our understanding of the history of life is correct, we can go out to this area, dig this deep, and find this sort of creature. And we've done that with Tiktaalik and other examples. These are, we, we have, by the way, the, even if there was no fossil evidence, the DNA evidence alone is enough to confirm that we have all evolved from shared ancestors. Right. So let me ask you, and, and, and excuse my ignorance if, I, if I'm not dead on here, but to me, evolution is to take something simple and come to something very complex to what we have today. No. So I don't know if it's no. with an oxygen atom no. and a hydrogen no. atom. That's not. That's explain not. Explain the existence. That's not evolution. It's not evolution at all. Evolution's not a ladder. It's a tree. Well, you, you can climb a tree. <laughs> okay, sorry for the bad humor. But what I'm saying is, if we come to a position where we say there's an oxygen atom and a hydrogen atom, some kind of phenomenon happened. Let's not identify that phenomenon, but let's just say it's a phenomenon. And all of a sudden, it there was life. Millions and billions no, and trillions of years No, it doesn't say back. all of a sudden. No, yeah. Go ahead. Well, okay. let, let me back back you up for a minute because I feel like we're kind of going down a rabbit hole. Do How did we get to evolution from Jesus, by the way? But go ahead. I don't know. Um, it's a tree. Do you feel like um, <clears throat> do you feel like the the concept of science is a valid one? That uh, yes. basically you can systematically investigate the world and find stuff out about what happens. Yes. Um. Where do you feel like your religious belief fits in on all that? I, I mean, do you feel like your uh, your belief about what Jesus said and did is uh, verifiable in the same way as uh, gravity? Well, that's that's you get to faith there. I'm not I'm not denying right. that you believe in God. It doesn't so, take faith. I, I mean, what I'm, what I'm going to say what I'm going to say here is no, that, no, no, it doesn't. He said that to, to, to not to believe no, in evolution. Stop! Stop! He said to not believe in God takes faith too. Do you do you believe in Bigfoot? No. Is that is that a faith based position that you have there? No. Then don't tell me mine is either. That's absurd. I meant to say to believe in evolution. No, evolution. Belief in evolution doesn't take faith. All it takes is an understanding of the science involved and an acceptance of reality. That that's not faith. Faith is, well, the the faith, is the, faith, so faith is the excuse that people give for believing something when they don't have a good reason. Belief in evolution is based on good reasons. It's just reality. The explanation for it, yes, you just said science can only take you so far. So far. Um, let me tell you about so far. So far, the single most reliable, consistent way of de determining anything true about the universe is science, hands down, unequivocally. And if you were to demonstrate some alternate way of knowing, how would you demonstrate its reliability? Why you'd have to use, what's that? Oh, science. The fact that it can only yeah, take I, you I'm so far just means that we don't know everything yet. But if you believe in a God and you're willing to, why would you accept anything on faith knowing that you don't have a good reason for it? 
Well, this is the thing. For me, I have a relationship with the God I believe in. What, now, kind, for you, what you, kind of relationship? Okay, for you, you may not comprehend it. But, like, also, for example, in the Bible, okay. there are... Okay. I understand most relationships. Jason, Why do you think this answer. one is, un, is I, incomprehensible? I, I, I'm going to let you get to it. But uh, this, okay. uh, this idea that I may not comprehend it, are you aware that I was a fundamentalist Christian for 25 years and was going to be a minister? No. Okay. Continue to explain your relationship with Jesus that I don't understand. Okay. Like, for example, uh, in the Bible, there's signs, there's wonders, there's miracles. Um, one aspect that has happened in the Christian community in the book of Acts, and, and you, I'm sure if, with your background you've heard of it, mm. is when they waited in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to speak in languages that they did not uh, speak in before. Jason, yeah. Jason uh, how do you know the story's true? I mean, I read Harry Potter, and I don't believe that Voldemort was really a bad guy who did stuff. I'm surprised. You're surprised? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Lame humor again. I apologize. Okay. What I'm saying is, let's say that's, you could say that, you could say the story is false. I know. I can I'm, say, I'm not saying the story is false. I'm saying I have no good reason to believe the story is true. Why do you? Because I've experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My personal experience. But, as far as speaking okay. in a, Let's assume for a second that you're absolutely correct and that you did experience that. That still doesn't tell you one bit about whether that story was true. Because that's no different than saying, hey, I got abducted by aliens last night, which tells me that all the other alien abduction stories are true. You are making connections that are not logically sound. Well, so I mean, you're just denying all this, but somebody could also deny evolution. I'm I mean, not... there's historical fact that Jesus lived the same time as popular no, uh, no, it's like not. Caesar Augustus. No, it's and not. It's not historical established fact at all. That's why You're there's a it's question. It's not that he, he wasn't born in, in, the, in the Middle East of Jerusalem and, and the impact that it's had on the world in that area. Just the following alone. Do you think people just made up Jesus? I and believe just, that um, the following happened. The, the following, the fact that people believe this stuff, isn't in doubt. But you realize that all happened centuries later. No, they, they they followed him after he died. They followed him during his life. And you know this from this what source? And you know this how? From the history of... No, 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 no. There's no, there's no history that Ad talks about the disciples and people believing in mass crowds. And there's actually not a single extra-biblical source that even references Jesus that is contemporary with his supposed existence. Not one. What I'm saying is that there's history of the development of the church. Yes, there is. When yep, Jesus that lived part is true. all the way to no, where we are now. No, not from not from that point. I'm if sorry. I'm Bible sorry a, that you just don't know your history. Book. What? Well, no. If you if you believe the Bible, then you have a, a source of documented history. Well, shit. Why didn't you say so? <laughs> hey, why didn't you just say if you believe God exists, then God exists? Look, I'm, Mike, I'm questioning you on why you believe the Bible. And you're coming back with, well, if you believe the Bible, then it's true. And I'm still asking you, why would you believe the Bible's true? Where is the independent verification of the accounts that are in that book to demonstrate the truth of the claims? I, b I believe it's true based upon, uh, of course, I believe God is real <clears throat> based on faith. No argument there. Okay, I then the because Bible's of what it says in the Bible. The then, why, then why? the amounts of documentation of all these Jason, different books. Jason, like in a court case. Jason, if your belief is based on faith, then why are we having a conversation? 
Because let me, let me finish the let me finish let me finish the question. The reason I ask why we should bother having a conversation is because clearly you think that it's okay to just believe something in faith on faith, and I do not, and I don't have the experience that you've had, and evidently you're admitting that you cannot demonstrate the truth and reality of your God to anyone else, which is kind of the point of having these conversations. I freely admit and have admitted from the beginning there are people out there who believe on faith. They can't prove it to anybody else, and I can't prove that their faith is wrong. And so those conversations are pointless, because those people are, by definition, gullible. Well, for example, evolution is a proven theory. Nothing more. It takes faith you to know believe what, that it is... Do you know what theory means? 100% accurate. Go ahead. This do you is know your... what theory means? What does it mean? Uh, theory uh, is basically... I, I mean, do you know, have you heard of the theory of gravity, for instance, or the germ the theory of diseases? gravity is not a theory. That oh, yes, it is. <laughs> okay. okay. What comes up comes down. That's Jason. Law. There's no debate. There's no argument about <laughs> no, that. No, no. Well, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. A theory is a framework of explaining a set of observed facts. Uh, you have, um, you know, the, the law of gravity is not a graduation of the theory of gravity. Uh, there, there's a theory of gravity which is, which is conceptually stating that different things are drawn to each other. And the law of gravity is just a description that comes from the theory of gravity. There's no higher term in science than a theory. A theory is a, a framework which has been tested and understood to explain observed reality. When you say it's right. just a theory, you might as well say that, you know, we're, we're living in just reality. Well, there's many theories is what I'm saying. But you guys have came to accept I tell you what, that evolution is the first or There are many theories, uh, is, like germ is, theory of disease. How would you explain existence? And then I, then I would have a question that would, and then I would love to How would you explain feedback. God? Well, no, hang on. Hang on what okay. I'm saying is I believe God is the cause. And, and what's the, the cause of that? There is not one. God okay. Is the so you cause. think so you think that you've got this term, which is the end of all explanation, and once you get there, you just say, "Nope, I don't have to explain anything." Right? There's a time where you can't explain. Okay. Well, for example, how do you know that's not the? the un- I asked then you. how do you no, know no, no. that's not the universe? When you get to the point where you can't explain, <laughs> the answer becomes, "I don't know." Not, "I know it's God." Well, no, it's belief. I mean, I believe. I don't give a rat's ass about belief. I care about reality and what can be demonstrated to be true. I mean, you you do not understand science in the slightest because, as Russell tried to explain, theory is the is the pinnacle. It is the height of science. It is the goal of all hypotheses to, if they could think, become an established theory. This is not just something that somebody pulled out of their ass. There are not competing theories. With regard to the diversity of life, there is the theory of evolution, which is the established scientific theory, and then there are all these other things out here There's like creationism. creationism. That's not a theory. That's because Cre- you don't debate that. Creationism is not a theory. In other words, for example, creationism the is just stuff right that's now. made up. Hang but on, what I'm is hang no, on. Hang, I'll the let building. you do, your, Jason. I'll let you do okay. your example. Do you understand that creationism is not a theory? What is it then? Uh, it is a, a hypothesis at best. A theory is something that has been tested and confirmed. It is, it is like it got its damn diploma. <laughs> Christianity is like I'm getting ready to go to preschool. 
and I left my lunch at home. So, okay, let me ask you. The building you live in now, which, which, by the way, you haven't answered the question of how existence began, but I guess the Neither have you. you don't know. I, I'm happy to say that I don't know how things exactly. began to exist, and I'm not going to pretend that I do like you are. Now, but ask the your question about the building. Okay. The building you're in right now, do you know who built it? No. Okay. So just because you don't know the builder doesn't mean there isn't one. Oh, I, you know what? By seeing the building alone, Jason, you can establish there Jason, was a builder. Jason, I'll concede that there was a builder here. You know what, more? Let's say a builder, because there's probably a lot of people, based on all the information that we have from looking around at other buildings, probably a lot of people built this. Um, but it's possible that there was a single designer and architect. But you know what I can do? I can go down to City Hall, and I can find out the plans that were filed there and actually find out who did this. And if I can't, I'm still not justified in assuming that this building didn't have an architect. Well, you would be unjustified to assume that a, a bunch of concrete laying on the floor evolved into a building. Exactly. That would be exactly. retarded. Exactly. It would be absolutely just as stupid as proposing that a magical being put it all together. But let me explain to you the difference between your building and creation, as you were, you were going to get to in a moment. A building needs a builder. Creation needs a creator. Well, guess what? It's not creation. It's reality. A building... We all of the evidence and every single example of what we identify as a building is known to be built by someone, is known to have been designed. We do not contrast designed things and undesigned things by their complexity or by their apparent function. We contrast design with nature. This building does not naturally occur. There is no reason to think that this could na naturally occur, and all evidence points to everything that even appears to be like this being designed intentionally by a mind. That is not the case when you get to living beings which are natural and reproduce and follow natural laws and chemical laws that are self-replicating. It is also not the case with the broader universe because first of all you don't have another universe to compare it to so you can't contrast it with anything. But all of the evidence points to the conclusion that we need to look for natural explanations because, first of all, we can't test the supernatural explanations. Second of all, they do not provide any explanatory power. It is trying to solve a mystery with a mystery. <clears throat> so let me ask you this. Let's just take, the, from my understanding of the theory of evolution, it started from little to nothing, whether it be a hydrogen atom, an oxygen atom. I need a third hand to face palm right now. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, what, what is the ex theory, theory explanation for existence? For, you're, you're, for asking, you're asking for what is the solution to the question of abiogenesis. And the answer is we don't have that solution yet, but we have people who are working on it and who have demonstrated that at least in theory it is possible for living matter to arise from non-living matter under the right circumstances. I'd recommend that you go to Wikipedia to start with and look up abiogenesis, which is distinct from evolution. Evolution deals with what happens after life is there. It's, in, it's undeniable the two are tied together. I'm not making that claim. Okay, so billions, trillions, quadrillions of years go by. We're at the pinnacle of mankind, and we find out we still don't know what going on here. Yeah, so and why, doesn't that suck that we God? don't know everything yet? Why does that give us the right to make shit up? 
Well, that's what I'm saying, though. But why would we just why would we just say there is no God based upon our ignorance or, or saying that? Did I say that? Why also? I didn't say that. Did either of us say that? Right. But well, you're, you, say, you're, you're saying you're saying for atheist, sure you, you say there's no God. Right? No, as an atheist, I say I don't believe that your God exists. Can you prove it? Oh. Oh. It only took us 40 minutes to get there. But well, at least it didn't take us millions of years. Yeah, and you know what? You still don't know. No, I know there's a God. How do you know? How do you know? I mean, I mean, that's that seems to be. Are you sure you're not being a bit hyperbolic with your language there? What do you mean? You know there's a God? How do you know? I know for sure from personal experience there's a God. So are you saying that okay. you're infallible? No, 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 no. Hang on, right. stop. I asked how you know, and you replied with, I know, bam. I want to know how you know. Well, of course there's faith, but that ain't acceptable. Listen, I know that's, we need that's three true. hands on your head. <laughs> that's true, right? You, you cannot know what, anything by faith by definition. What I'm saying is that That's like saying I know because it, I felt it in my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, and there's things you may know by feeling in your balls that have happened, whatever it may be. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, based upon feelings and experiences that you have, you could identify whether you want to say God, whether you want to say creator, whether you want to say phenomenon, whatever the label you want to put on it. When, I, when there's been a, an experience in my life that it could not scientifically, could not uh, be uh, explained. For example, so, me so being, in other words... Yeah, when, whenever you. something happens to you that you don't understand, you just say, well, must have been magic. I mean, you just asserted <laughs> no. that science not only, you said science cannot explain. How the hell did you decide that? With, with, me, with me using the Bible as my foundation. Which you, you still haven't established why you would, which you still haven't established why you would know that it's true. Okay, but let's just say I believe it's true, whether it is or not. I know you believe it's that. true, but now Matt, right. Matt asked how you know it's true. So okay, that, that's what I'm gonna get to. Well, no, 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 because the last thing, which is important, is that you just said you had experiences that science cannot explain, and therefore you attribute them to God. That is, by definition, the argument from ignorance fallacy. It is the premier example of the argument from ignorance fallacy. I don't have a scientific explanation, so I'm going to go with a supernatural explanation. That is utterly illogical and irrational. Okay, but we don't have an explanation for create uh, for existence. Correct. So, so don't pretend like we do. Well, okay, right. I'm just saying what I believe and display what you believe. But you asked, what is my experience? That's what you asked. My Did we? experience is yeah, at some point, okay. I'm sure, in this <laughs> year-long call. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my, why we got two hours. We're only an hour in. My <laughs> Believe experience it or not. is, uh, welcome to the atheist experience, right? My experience is, come in the book of Acts, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke in another language that they never spoke. So that your... has happened to me and my personal belief. Not just me, but many people I know. In fact, many people I have led to uh, receive the Holy Ghost was speaking in another language that they never have. Honey, call Jerry DeWitt and have him call into the show right now if he has time, please. I've been ready to get a Pentecostal minister on here who did speak in tongues and can still do it on command. Um, he, he would be happy to talk to you, I'm sure, about your he experience. God. What? Of course, he's an atheist. He woke up. Wow. 
Wow. He woke, woke up. up. Wow. Well, what, 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 what do you wake up to? I mean, what reality. Do you, wake you wake up to reality. You begin to care about whether or not things are true. You begin to accept that sometimes the answer is I don't know. You begin to understand that just because you haven't found an explanation doesn't mean there isn't one. And just because science doesn't currently have an explanation that satisfies you, that you are not arrogantly endowed with this right to know everything because you view yourself as the pinnacle of human evolution at this point, and you realize that the best thing to do is to stop pretending like you know the answer or stop assuming that you know the answer and say, hmm, maybe my answer's right, maybe it's not. Let's investigate. How do we go about determining whether or not this actually is some kind of supernatural cause? And I mean, what, how does this tie in with, with other things that we know about the brain and human interactions and things? Maybe if I investigate, I might be able to demonstrate that my stuff's actually true. But instead, I will just lazily accept that, well, science hasn't answered it yet, so this God thing must be the way to go. And the thing about speaking in tongues is that it's not actually gaining some kind of special knowledge or insight. I mean, it's not even in actual language. Yeah. It's, a, it's an acquired talent for spitting out syllables that come into your head. And when people have tried to test whether it's an actual uh, uh, language that has any meaning, people use the same syllables to mean completely different things. It is actually gibberish. It just depends. I mean, in the book of Acts, when they spoke in tongues, they other people of different languages. Jason, Again, you, Jason, you're, you're, you're you're the Jason, book, you, Jason <laughs> you, I swear to your God, if you mention the Acts or the Bible again without justifying it, I will hang up on your ass. Acts. Got to follow through on the Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes you hit a wall. Hey, you don't have to bother Jerry. I don't want to put Jerry through that. I love Jerry. <laughs> Were you going to have him call the guy personally? <laughs> no, I was going to have him call into the show. Did, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't bother him. I don't, I don't want to put any of my friends through that except Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just your whipping boy. Uh. So, as a reminder, since we're doing the two-hour show, dinner is going to be starting around 6.30 instead of 5.30. Uh, thread gills, which I'm sure they'll put up on the top of the screen. Uh, Let's try this one. You ready? Bobby ready. in Los Angeles, how are you? Hey, hi, Matt. How are you? Good. It's actually my first time um, speaking to you. I spoke to Russell before, so I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, don't be. I, I don't get mean until people get really, really mean or stupid. or. <laughs> yeah. And that's not that's not fair. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly uh, uh, joking. And let me, let me actually clarify that a little bit. Uh, I used to believe the same things that Jason believed. I didn't get smarter. My IQ didn't go up. I just got more information and started to care more about the truth, which I think actually ties into what you're getting ready to ask. So please go ahead. Well, I, I'm feeling easy about calling you after um, this guy that just talked to you for a long time because I, I don't have the same background, and a lot of people are going to assume that I have the, the same background, whereas well, I'm far from what this guy is talking about. Sure. But I, do, I am a, 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 a theist. I do believe there is a God, and at least a concept of God, which is mind-independent. And um, Wait, you think there's a concept that is independent of a mind? How does that work? That is where it becomes supernatural or mystical. Okay. So um, here, uh, this is my question. So I've, I've heard you say many times that you could be wrong about your disbelief uh, uh, about a God, and I've heard you say that you have no problem admitting that there is 
there, there might be a God uh, if the evidence comes up. There is such. And um, you'll be happy to pronounce that you were wrong. So, in other words, I might be wrong about my concept of God. You might be wrong about your disbelief uh, in, in no God. And my question is, what type of God do you believe might exist? I don't know. And that's a good answer. <laughs> okay. So do, doesn't that make you like more agnostic than um, an atheist? Agnostic like or atheist? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm both, depending on the definitions, but they're not mutually exclusive. One of them talks about what you believe. One of them talks about what you know. Well, well, stop that? right there. Could I be agnostic theist? Yes. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, if, if you go to the Iron Chariots dot uh, org wiki. No, uh, I, I've been there. I've been there, but I just wanted to know that that's okay with you because. For some reason, you make it seem like science is against theism, Didn't whereas we? even Neil deGrasse Tyson says the 40% of scientists uh, believe in a god. So it's it's um, believing in God is not necessarily against science, but science oh, is yes, more is. against theism. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I'm fine with the idea that you can be a, an agnostic theist or an agnostic atheist. But science is most definitely in opposition to supernatural claims. Science is based on methodological naturalism, which just says that, hey, we can't actually address these claims, so we can't make pronouncements that they're false. However, the theological claims don't have that same barrier. They are making claims about reality that are actually testable. People are claiming that, that, it, that there is some being or entity or whatever that has manifested in a way that they are able to detect it, which makes it by definition within the realm of investigation. And that's why I say the two are in common. Right. Believing in God is distinct from, uh, from being a, a good scientist. You can do both, mm -hmm. but generally uh, scientists who are honest about this uh, avoid mixing up their personal unjustified belief with their science and there's very little attempt to actually like publish peer-reviewed papers that uh, that support the claim that there's God. I mean you, you have to separate the two. If you're doing science, if you're if you're in a laboratory, and I apologize as a non-science, this is going to be a terrible caricature, but if, if you're in the lab and you're doing something and you're, you end up running a test strip under uh, in, a, in a fluid and it's supposed to turn blue, and it turns blue, if you are a scientist working under uh, methodological naturalism, okay, you've gotten a result that was consistent with your expectations and you note it and you can go back and do trials. But if you're a theist who believes in the supernatural world and a God who could potentially be tampering or in rules that could potentially change at any time, you don't know what the hell happened. Maybe it turned blue because you got the right result. Maybe uh, magical blue dusting fairies came in and, and screwed with it just to throw you off. Maybe some God wanted you to get the wrong result so that you'd, you know, end up doing something bad or good or whatever. Could be you that that same chemical reaction is supposed to produce something red, but yeah. every experiment causes a miracle. Well, I, I get the point, but I, I, I'm not okay with that analogy. Uh, the reason why is because there's certain things that you can equate with things and there are other things you cannot equate with things. Obviously, when you're talking about um, a scientist doing experiments and being that he believes that there's a God and he's a theist, uh, then you won't come up with the magical stuff that you guys are talking about. But um, Well, not, not all of them. I mean, I'm sure there are people who believe in God. I know there are people who believe in gods that don't interfere in reality in any way. But um, do you believe in a God that can interfere in reality and change things? Uh, 
I wouldn't be like I told Russell before. Um, Did we talk about Darth Vader when you called? Before, but when you ask that kind of question, this, this call is I not going to end well. I'm okay, telling that's you. That's all right. <laughs> do Do I think that um, God could change the laws of physics? Is Is that na the nature of the question? Yeah. Okay, so that is a question you should ask God, not me. No, 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 God. no, no, no. I can't. Okay, hey God, does Bobby believe that you're the kind of God who I'm asking you about your belief? The kind of okay. God that you believe so, in. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a panentheist. I don't know if you know what that yeah. is, panentheist. You believe that everything is in God, the same way that the molecules of your body are yeah, uh, sure. um, structured together to, to make a living thing. Sure, you don't, so, believe, you don't believe in any sort of personal God. You've just slapped the God label on reality. Or on truth. What? What, what is perceived to be as a true thing in, 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 in comprehensible terms. Like, yeah, why would you call all that God, is my point. Um, I mean, it, it's like saying... Because it's the greatest thing that nothing greater can be conceived of. Is, okay, so what? I mean, it, it, in the end, um, all you're doing... You and I both believe in reality, correct? Yes. And you're calling reality God, essentially, correct? Yes. And, and I'm not, and we're, we can talk about the exact same thing. So you've added a label to reality, where I was ju would just call it reality. For you, it's reality and it's God. And reality you, plus. Cool. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, I don't see that there's... What is the plus? Because... Well, what, what is atheism plus? Pat what is atheism plus? A atheism plus? <laughs> Why, thank you for asking. Atheism Plus is a subset of atheists who say that in addition to, to dealing with issues about the existence of God, those people are also going to focus on social issues. It would be the same thing as atheist knitting or atheist bowling. Or or, or secularism. Sorry? Or being secular. Well, no, because being Sorry. secular is is just not being religious. It doesn't say anything about what you're doing. No, right no, 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 no. But being, I, I, being secular means separation of church and state. Just because I have my beliefs, it doesn't mean that I cannot be secular. If no, I have no. beliefs, it doesn't mean I can I can imp I, w I want to impose them on people. I can be a theist and I can be a secularist. I don't. Know I can have both of these things together. I don't know how we got here from where we were. Because you just added God to reality, and originally you agreed that you were just relabeling reality God, but now you say you've added God to reality as a plus. What is that plus, and how do you justify it? Well, it's plus because it gives more hope about suffering in life. Have you ever suffered in life? Yes. Then, then why would you want to have um, children, or why would you want to procreate? Why would you... Want to, to have um, somebody else I, go through life with I suffering. have reality and hope without putting the word God on it. So, what does putting the word God on reality add to that hope? It gives uh, me it gives me this warm fuzzy feeling. Okay, about so after life, so you you say the word God and you death. feel happy. Bobby, thanks so much for calling. Enjoy your warm fuzzy feeling. We'd like to actually discuss what's real. Okay, bye. I told you. <laughs> I think it ended very well. <laughs> That's a good point. Bobby's got a warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> and we don't have to talk to him anymore. <laughs> I have hope. <laughs> Robert in Charlottesville, how are you? Oh, boy, this is a great question. I hope he didn't hang up. 
Robert, are you there? We're going to answer this question anyway. Yes. Matt, how do you avoid getting depressed when debating theists so frequently? I'm on the verge of giving up. <laughs> I don't know that I do. Okay. In, in all seriousness... You get kind of testy after long yes. shows. Yes. Uh, I do get testy, and I, I do uh, get frustrated. I, you know, I've been doing this show for years. You've been doing this show longer right. than I have. Um, we've, we've answered the same questions over and over again. The thing that I try to keep in my head is that this may be my 600th show, but it's somebody's first show. This may be the thousandth time I've talked about X, but it's the first time somebody's seen it. Um, but I'm human, and I'm going to facepalm and get frustrated and get depressed. But I have an optimistic outlook about the future, and I'll tell you why. Because we're winning. We've already, we've already established that we are winning. The non-religious segment of the population is increasing as religious segments of the population are decreasing. What you're seeing, as I mentioned in the talk that I gave at the Capitol yesterday, um, from the religious groups who are desperately hey, trying... Hey, Matt. How the hell did that happen? <laughs> hey. We've been... Uh, I don't sitting... know what happened, but um, I was listening, and I, got, I guess I got disconnected. Yeah, well, we just answered your question. <laughs> or I'm in the middle of answering yeah, your question. Um, are you the one who... Cool, I'm sorry. I will hang up now and let you answer the question and finish it off, and I'll watch it. Cool, thanks. Uh, I forgot I didn't hang up after that. Um, <laughs> but but what, you, what we're witnessing from religious individuals who are trying to plaster God all over everything or make all sorts of laws to impose their views on other people, this is the last desperate gasps and grasps for power, power that they once had... Um, and we're just not going to allow it. We've been in a position similar to this before, where religion was on the decline and it was, had less impact. Um, we lost a lot of ground after that, uh, and I'm talking about the freethinker movement of the, the late 19th century. After the Enlightenment, we had you know, great uh, building process, and some of the intellectuals decided, oh, yes, we've beaten this God question. This is just all absurd. How Nobody but, you know, the the lower people actually believe this stuff anymore. And so let them have their little religion. And the world will go on without them, and they'll be relegated to this little, you know, they'll be like the flat earthers. Um, and then it was, well, this is an, un, uh, this is an, it's not polite to talk about religion and politics and things like this. And what that led to was apathy and an ultimate backlash where the religious right stood up, took charge, and took over. We can't let that ever happen again. We have to keep wary of the past so that we are not doomed to repeat it. And we have to realize that these are not stupid people just because they happen to believe stupid things. Because every one of us, myself included, believes stupid things. Um... Yesterday, I had the privilege of sitting in a lecture hall listening to Sean Faircloth, who mm. uh, directs the uh, uh, Richard Dawkins Foundation, I believe. Um, and Sean is a very political guy. Uh, the, the way he put it, he has kind of the uh, trifecta of being a, what, what is it, a politician, a lobbyist, and uh, a lawyer, right. Um, but... What, what he said very persuasively in that lecture was that, like Matt said, we are winning to the extent that um, the, more, the more the word of atheism and, and the solid arguments for being an atheist and 
uh, and the arguments against religion and the reasons why it's uh, it's beneficial to not take stuff on faith. Um, we're uh, the more organized we become and the more uh, uh, people here and are convinced by these arguments, the more that we're a force that people have to pay attention to. Um, and Sean gave some very good uh, technical discussion of how to approach lobbyists in Washington, which I personally will never, ever be in a position to use. Um, but I'm glad to know that people are out there uh, fighting for us uh, and not just letting slide the concept that that religion is necessary to be a good person and that you have to be religious in order to explain reality because as you've probably seen from callers just today <laughs> the people use religion as sort of a crutch and it doesn't actually explain jack squat for them um but I think the, the clearest indication you can tell about how we're winning is the way that people reacted last year to Harold Camping. <laughs> Harold Camping was the crazy prophet last year who uh, said that the world was going to be ending twice in 2011. Uh, I believe once in May and once in October, and it didn't end either time, and he went out and put out billboards and stuff. But the thing that astonished me about that was, first of all, our friends in Seattle at Ask an Atheist were the first guys to really pick up on this story and pay attention to it. They got in the news, it became national news, and Harold Camping was largely a lapping stock. And, and other, other uh, religious believers, um, they, they made all kinds of excuses about how their religion was different than his, but it was, it's something I've never seen before that uh, so many people nationally and publicly were willing to look at somebody's uh, personally held religious beliefs and not just say, well, he believes that, that's nice, but just say, you're crazy and it's hurting people. We need more of that, and the way that we get more of that is to continue to make these arguments and make sure people see and understand that atheism has got a solid foundation, and it's okay uh, to be an atheist. You're neither an idiot nor an evil person. Usually. Uh, it doesn't follow. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Well said. Although there are some stupid and evil atheists. There certainly are, no doubt. I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> oh, don't give yourself that much. I've been told as much. <laughs> oh, okay. It's one of those things where there's extra conversations that happen. Speaking of extra conversations, John in Chapel Hill, how are you? Hi. Uh, thanks for having me on. I've been watching for a while. Sure. I love you guys. Um, I had a question about agnosticism, and I've heard you, Matt, especially talk about it a lot in the past, and I'm sure you have Peter Russell, and it's all over the Iron Chariot site. Um, as I've been reading, uh, defined in a bunch of different places in different ways. Yeah, because... And I think... Um, go ahead, sorry. Uh, because it's a term that is used in lots of different ways. From the time, yeah. it, was, from the time it was originally coined by Huxley, um, its usage has morphed and been appropriated by all sorts of subtle, subtly different positions. Like, there, there's some that where agnosticism is is the position about, that, uh, about a particular type of question of reality where the conclusion of the answer is unknown and unknowable. And in other cases, right. it's unknown 
or potentially uh, unknowable. So there's there's some debate yeah. as to whether or not it has to be unknowable, whether it's an assertion. There are some who, who've even uh, tried to define agnosticism as basically uh, skepticism in, you know, it, let's let's not conclude anything without good evidence. It right. just kind of depends on who you're talking to. Um, yeah. The subtle, the, the, one, of the, one of the versions, the one we talked about just a little ago, is this idea uh, that, that relates to uh, addressing claims specifically and whether or not you believe a claim and whether or not you know a claim. And that's more about knowledge, and, and it's a use of agnosticism uh, that doesn't necessarily tie back to Huxley's starting point. Yeah. Um, I've, heard, uh, I've heard you say a lot to people that uh, atheism deals with belief, agnosticism with knowledge. And I think that I think the main summary... I got from the site as well is that um, the main two ways are that knowledge is either impossible or knowledge is not currently is not currently able to be attained at the moment. Like those are, I think you basically just said that. Yeah. Um, but I was, it mentions knowledge a lot without saying whether it's contingent or absolute knowledge, and I think that's kind of a big difference because I don't think it makes it, any it, difference to the, to agnosticism. I mean, it, it, certainly w w how you're going to discuss knowledge is a valid discussion, but I don't know that it makes any difference. Well, and and, and say, different versions may address it different ways. Let's say, for instance, it was only about absolute knowledge. Uh, that agnosticism, agnosticism only refers to absolute knowledge. What, uh, is there something you could be not agnostic about? I mean, except for maybe the logical truths, right? Well, what, when, it, when it comes to, see, and I'm not sure that we're even talking about the same thing when we're talking about absolute knowledge because um, my, my, my take on it really briefly because uh, sure. it doesn't really matter that much is that knowledge is a subset of belief mm -hmm. you can believe things to different degrees um, at some point now there's been a definition of knowledge which is justified true belief there's questions of uh, absolute certainty being a, a red herring that there's very little if anything that we can be absolutely certain about, apart from like uh, logical absolutes and esoteric labels and things like that. Um, so instead, I talk about it in a more colloquial sense of what does it mean when somebody says, I know something? And generally, what we mean by that is I believe something to such a high degree of certainty that it would be worldview altering to discover that it's incorrect. And, right. and with knowledge as a subset of belief, therefore, the overwhelming majority of things that we talk about, even when it comes to knowledge, certainly don't qualify as absolute knowledge. Okay, I think that answers my question, because by that definition of knowledge, you can have, you can know things about the real world, and you can know things about... Yeah, it goes to, life. it goes to, I guess one of the questions I got asked in debate one time was, is it possible to know things that aren't true? And, yeah, yeah. you know, because mm. <laughs> Jason knows that there's a God. <laughs> right. He is incredibly certain. Well, Jason Absolutely claims certain. to know that he's a god, but by the definition, uh, justified true belief. Right. Since it doesn't meet the criterion of true, it's yeah, not but that's knowledge. The yeah, that's the definition I reject. Justified true belief is a bad definition. For I like it, but... <laughs> we'll have that okay. conversation right after we get back to circumcision. <laughs> I guess my... Uh, Thanks, John. Question about, I got, well, I got one more question about sure. agnosticism. Um, you've got the, the fourth the two-by-two two chart about agnostic atheist, agnostic theist, agnostic mm -hmm. atheist, agnostic theist. Um, and in each case, agnosticism, in each case except for one, agnosticism and atheism, or your position on, you're gnostic or agnostic, you're theist or atheist about one 
issue, except for agnostic atheists. Atheist is about to claim that uh, atheist refers to you rejecting yes. that a God is true, but agnosticism is about, at least on the site, it's presented that you're agnostic about that no God exists, which are two different claims. You see what I'm saying? No. You're, you're addressing okay. a single claim. A single claim, some God exists. You're a theist if your answer is yes, I believe that. You're an atheist if your answer is no, I don't believe that. The question of the amplifier of how strongly do you believe or not believe that, does it actually get to the point of where you would consider it knowledge, is where you could say, I believe a God exists, but I don't know, which would make you an agnostic theist. I, I know a God exists, Jason, the Gnostic theist. Right. Uh, I, do, I do not believe a God exists, but I don't claim to be certain about that. Agnostic atheist. I do not believe a God exists, and I am claiming to be certain that, you know, God's... So the, I, I recognize that there is a disparity there in the language, but it's because we're, yeah. tr we're eventually trying to get to two different claims. So, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Although, I don't know if anybody else followed that, because we don't have the chart in front of us. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks John. All right. Bye. bye. So, we got, like, uh, 22 minutes left. Yep. What are the odds that one of us gets upset again? <laughs> Andrew in Irvine, how are you? Good, Matt. How, how, how's it going with you? Pretty well. All right, um, anyways, um, my question is, is in regards to atheist teens, and I'm currently living with my aunt, which is, who is fairly Christian, to say the least. She goes to the Saddleback Church, if you're familiar, familiar with that church. The, the, Rick, the Rick Warren Church? Mm-hmm. Oh. Is that Saddleback? Yeah, yeah. So, so, bas so basically, like, she's very heavily, heavily into Jesus, and... I'm currently I'm currently staying staying there, going to UCI for like my um, MS in for my bachelor's in um, bachelor's in uh, public health. So, it, but like when I'm dealing when I'm dealing with her, it's it's I have to go to church every single week and stuff. And like she's actually forbidden me to take notes in church now. Oh, wait, that's so a good sign. Does she know you're an atheist? Um, she's gotten hints of that. Throughout my childhood, I mean, when I was staying, when I was staying with her when, in 2000, when the whole like gay marriage initiative was going through, I um I voiced my objections to that. And during 2008, when I stayed with her again, um I actually like debunked the entire like the ten reasons why why should why you should vote no for gay marriage. And she's like she she was just totally flabbergasted. She was like, oh, have you been brainwashed? Like, oh, oh did, did someone molest you or anything like that? So like. I, I don't know what to deal with, how to deal with her because like, are you well first let me ask you are you any are you in any way financially dependent on her I'm I'm in more I'm more dependent on my parents who are nominal Christians okay so offending your aunt isn't like a life-threatening situation for you um well <laughs> I'm currently staying with her and it's too late to move into the dorms right now because it's, oh, okay it's the current it's the current I can't do it until the next the next quarter. Um, and so, so basically, your problem with your aunt is that she's an unpleasant roommate. Um, basically, basically, and she forces me to go to church every single week. I mean, like, uh, she can't force. I mean, tell your parents you don't want to go to church. Uh, I mean, that that would be the first thing because it sounds like they're going to be a little more likely to be on your side, right? Well, or, or, or do my, my, you think? Uh, I, I mean, you're over 18. I'm, I'm 
able to tell, right? Um, I'm 18. I'm actually 18 right now. You're you're 18. Okay. So I mean, since you are not financially dependent on her, she can't actually force you to do anything, except to the extent that I guess she could kick you out of your her out, house yeah. and make you. Yeah, homeless. that's that's what she's threatening to do. Um. So go to you? church and sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. I, I can't really. She, she keeps them awake. I can't take notes because, according to, because the last time I took notes, I was, I actually, I was actually over here for the summer, and she took me to like this like Christian retreat. I took a bunch of notes, and I spent like a week debunking. And I spent a week writing a paper debunking every single claim made in the made, made during the retreat and stuff. I handed them to her and stuff. She just threw them threw it in the garbage. It's like, oh, I won't, I won't read this blasphemy against God and stuff. Can you, can you start looking for an apartment? I mean, that seems to be, your housing situation seems to be the major hinge that's the problem here. Um, I'm, I'm currently looking for an apartment, but my, okay. parents, won't, my parents won't pay for it in, in, until, until like the next quarter and stuff. But they'll pay for a dorm? No, they, they, won't, they, won't, pay, they won't pay for the, I, I, I can't, I, I really can't get anything until like the next quarter and stuff because Right. Um, well, how long till the next quarter? It's only a few months. Uh, it sounds to me like you're going to have to weather it or get a job, which I I grant is a very difficult thing for it's, someone to do, especially in their first year of college. It's it's somewhat difficult. I'm take, I'm doing um, public health, and I'm also doing um, mm-hmm. I'm also doing um, I'm, I'm double majoring in um, public health and. Um, Biology as well. It's just, Maybe you should cut back on that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying. I, I, I mean, you might be biting off a little more than you can chew here. Ask your aunt why she doesn't love you. <laughs> well, um, good well, cut, to, right to well, the chase the like advice. that. I'll probably show weather it out and stuff. Mean like, it, it, it seems that she's an immovable object. I mean, all, all my attempts to, to try to like at least get her get her to question her beliefs have. Look, I mean, she she believes in Pascal's wager, and like, I've tried to talk to her about it, and say she says, "Oh, she's I'm, she's like I'm tired." She says, "I'm tired." Before before I like, like when she realizes that she's going to lose the argument, she's like, oh, "Oh, I'm tired. I have to go to sleep now and stuff." Yeah, well, maybe you should use that, uh, but or I'm too tired to go to church. But look, in the grand scheme From of all things, the drinking and sex. <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, once you get out from under her thumb, uh, her behavior towards you is going to be its own punishment. Because what's going to happen is you're not going to have any freaking relationship with her at all in a couple of years, I predict. Uh, and you're going to be totally justified, and you're going to avoid family events where she is, or just stay away from her during those family events. You, so you can, you, she's really only hurting herself with her family right now. You can also you can also do kind of what I did and in working out the relationship of, for example, my parents. There was no amount of preaching that was going to make any difference to me because that's somebody else relaying their opinion and their personal feelings, and I care about actual information. But my parents, and I'm betting your aunt, uh, believe a God exists, believe this God wants me to know that this God exists, believe he's willing and capable of doing so, and believes that he answers prayer. And so the best thing they could possibly do is pray to this God to reveal himself to me because if it ever happens, I'm not going to deny it. That gets them off the hook for your soul because now it's in God's hands and it's all, you know, it's up to him. And he'll do it in his time. Maybe he doesn't want you to know he exists just yet. Maybe he needs you to go through these other things first. And maybe if she'd stop being a controlling 
so-and-so <laughs> and get out of the way, God could do that wonderful work in your life. But she's just a terrible Christian. I, oh, I, I, I didn't... I, you might not I, want to put that last bit in there. That, <laughs> I'm not saying that works very well, but... Uh. Anyways, um, just, just to close out, uh, I'll, I'll take this answer off the air. Could you give advice to like teenagers that aren't... that are, that are actually under 18 for about, about their parents and how, how to deal with their... Um, parents given that they can't move out or, or they're actually minors yeah anyway, my so advice much. is be really careful yeah it's um yeah thanks a lot for the call we'll go ahead and address that one but um <clears throat> uh, be yourself be honest be respectful realize that yes as sucky as it can be it's you may be in a their house their rules situation uh i usually tell them which evidently you'd heard before if they want you to go to church, go. Take lots of notes and ask lots of questions. Maybe they'll make stop making you go eventually. Instead, it turns out they just stop letting you take notes. Uh, I don't know. It's a good good time to train your brain to take better notes mentally without an actual piece of paper. Uh, but the big thing is is you are in a position where you're not in control, and until you are in a position where you can have some control, uh, you need to make sure that you do what's in your best interest. With one huge exception, do not ever let anyone, parent, aunt, or otherwise, abuse you or put you down or shame you in any way. That is absolutely intolerable. And if they start to, and they're doing it in the name of religion, by all means, point out that they're being a shitty Christian as you walk out the door with the cops. But sometimes you you got to... Sometimes you're gonna to have to go to church. I actually like it. I, I don't. I don't get to go as much as I'd like to go. It's, uh, I, I wish that some of the preachers that I've heard would actually call into the show. It'd be, it'd be some good conversations. Have you asked them? Some of them, yes. Oh. You can guess what the response was. <laughs> yeah. Charles in Highlands, New Jersey. Thanks for calling. Hey, what's going on? I was actually just asking about astrology. I know you guys don't think it, there's anything to it, but I think that it's definitely factual and definitely scientific what that part? the moon affects the tides, the sun, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, okay. So that part is true. So yes. the moon affects the tides. What the hell does that have to do with uh, astrology and individuals' horoscopes? That is astrology. As above, so below. So there's okay, first of all, that's a Bible quote, which isn't necessarily... That's not just a Bible quote. That is actually hermetic. That's, like, even older than that. But the point is, is that I, I, what is I, going on out there in the celestial bodies definitely affects what's going on here. Sure. And that's yes. what astrology is. Okay, then why don't identical twins live the same life? They don't. And the astrology doesn't say that. All the astrology says is that as above, so below. That's all it says. That is not all it says. I well, mean, I, you're just you're lying. People that are saying things that are absolutely ridiculous in the back of the magazine, yeah. But as far as so like, that's not astrology. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that is astrology, but that's like saying, okay. So that's um, not all it says. I, okay, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I totally agree. But okay. I'm talking about you can also say things like, oh, science says that uh, you know, and makes up these stupid. Uh, facts that used to be right that are, um, are now proven wrong, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about good astrology, saying that the sun affects how we are. Um, it affects, like, the farmer's almanac. That's a clear example. Okay. 
Uh, we already agreed with that. So if okay. if all you believe about astrology is the moon affects the tides, then yes, that part of astrology is true. Well, that's so. not just it. The sun, the way the sun is, where it's at, uh -huh. um, where the constellations are, and how that affects the, the sun. The sun's and effect it, on the tides is very, very small. Oh, my God. That's, that's ridiculous. Have you ever lived on the ocean? Hey, have you looked up root mean squared lately? <laughs> okay, you might be right. I don't know. I, I definitely think that it is effect. It does have a certain amount of effect on it. But anyway, um, also I think that psychology is something that you guys underemphasize. I think that um, what what do we are we done with astrology? Because I feel like we're, we uh, haven't yeah. really gone with this topic. I mean, what is actually you 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 think that there's something factual about astrology? And if all you mean is that there's us and there's stars. Then yeah, those are facts. And there's gravity. But that's I mean, true. Do you think that the the time in which you are born, relative to the positions of stars and constellations, has? I, I think that there might be some effect. I'm not saying that it's a great, a huge effect, and it's something. But when you but are nothing, in your room, but nothing you are predictable. Very susceptible. We let me finish. You are susceptible to things happening from gravity and gravitational pulls, and and just. Overall, everything that um, is affected in nature and the where the stars are. What, where, is, what does it uh, tell the, you? What does it where tell the, you? Where the planets are, where, how the. What does it tell you, Charles? What predictions does it make? It does. Well, it, it definitely makes um, predictions about um, how you'll be able to, where you'll be able to plant your crops, um, how they will. That's, dude, that's physics. That's not astrology. Astrology doesn't give advice about how to plant crops. And if it did, it would be... A farmer's almanac. Yeah. Well, I think that a farmer's almanac is basically astrology. A no, farmer's almanac astrology. is not astrology. Where Cassiopeia is does not affect when we plant crops. Farmer's almanacs are about weather patterns. Exactly. Weather patterns based on, you know, how the... the, the where the sun is, and if it's hot or not hot. Or yeah, Ursa Major has no discernible effect on the weather patterns on this planet. Okay. Uh, you might be right. I, see, I always thought that there was definitely some kind of an effect. Nope. Okay. Thanks, man. Thanks. Easiest call ever. <laughs> hey, astrology's real. Oh, it's not? Okay. <laughs> Alexander in Anaheim, how are you? Uh, hey Matt, um, I, I had a question for, for either one of you guys. Um, this is my first time calling. Uh, I've watched the show a lot, and I've been an atheist for uh, just as long as I can remember. A skeptic for a lot longer. Um, anyway, my question is regarding evolution, not just evolution though, but also the theory, um, the difference between a theory and a law, because I'm 18 and uh, recently graduated high school. In high school, they, they teach, or at least in my high school, they taught me that uh, a law is higher than a theory, and a theory goes to a law. And some of the reading I've done and some of the atheist experience episodes that I've watched seems to challenge that. Um, and I just I want to you know get it a little straightened out for myself to understand which one is true and why I should believe that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'll go ahead and let Russell take this. But uh, Bobby's waiting on line four to talk about acts again. <laughs> no, we're not going to. So you can hang up. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. What's the difference between a theory and a law? Um, were yeah, you, I mean, were yeah. you listening? Wait, so you were listening to that call earlier? No, no, not a specific call, 
just uh, okay. I do. So I can just repeat what I already said today. Yeah. That makes it easy. Okay. Um, uh, when, all right, science proceeds by basically observing stuff and then, uh, and then figuring out what kind of patterns they fit into uh, and then making predictions about the future to see if your pattern is real. Um, and uh, it, if you manage to verify it a lot, then it becomes a theory. So basically, the theory is the pattern. It's the description of the way stuff works. For instance, uh, if I pick up something and it falls down, that's an observation. That's basically sure. the fact. Um, the, the overall concept uh, that, like, there could be perhaps a hypothesis that everything just falls to the ground, which would be uh, an easy way to explain it if you, uh, if you have a flat earth idea. Um, okay. But then, like, you know, people like Galileo came along and Kepler uh, and observed that, that uh, bigger bodies out in space have this more general behavior, which is that, uh, is that any massive body attracts each other based on how massive it is and how far away it is. That's the theory. That's the overall concept, the framework for explaining it. Okay. Now, a law, generally speaking, is not so much like something that's absolutely indisputably true, but an outcome of the theory. Like, for instance, the gravitational equation, uh, G equals, you know, M1 times M2 over D3, you know, the d distance cubed. That's the law of gravity. But that doesn't mean that the law of gravity is more perfectly established than the theory of gravity. A law is just... Um, yeah, an, an empirical way of de of describing stuff based on okay. based on the model. Yeah, and early on, uh, I was <coughs> taught and probably partially incorrectly that laws come from math. Okay, math and physics, and that biology doesn't come up with laws. Right, yeah. but, they, but um, there's a lot of murkiness here, and there is with theory and model. There's genetic and probability laws and stuff like that. Um, okay. But one, one thing I would recommend since you asked about evolution specifically is to Google the term evolution is a fact and a theory, uh, okay. which, is, which is at talkorigins.org, and it's a yeah. pretty good, thorough article. Okay. Um, th thank you very much. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you for the, for the show. This is my first time actually watching it on, on Ustream Live. Um, and, I mean, you guys have just kind of strengthened me being a skeptic and uh, being, uh, I guess, an atheist. Um, Great. I just want to say thanks for the show. Thank right, you. And you lot. might also Google law versus theory because Google knows everything and we don't. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very Google much. Google is God. All right. This may end up being the last call. Believe it or not, two hours is almost gone. Wow. It flew by. Uh, uh, Randy in Toronto. <laughs> hey, how are you guys? Exhausted. Wow. Yeah, you look tired. Listen, real quickly, I am a believer in Christ. That's kind of loud. Can you guys turn that volume down? Yeah, not, sorry, not, I'm not, not you. Voice. Not you, the guys in the control room. Yeah, we can hear ourselves through you in the control room. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I have a very big voice. I apologize. Okay. Um, my question is really simple, though. I, I don't want to get into an argument. I, I'm under the belief that, you know, atheism and theism has hit... Uh, a, a dead end as far as a winner or a loser. But, but I do have a question. It's because you're losing. Okay, well, but I, I'll go with that. Let me just ask you a question. Um, the whole theory on BC 
call that a theory? Pope Gregory. Uh, yeah, first of all, it's not a theory, but yeah, I, I understand we're being colloquial. It's just that we've had so much theory today at all. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so BC and AD are markers that people came up with in order to note time. Yes, it's before Christ and uh, Anna Domini, the, the year, year of our Lord, um, by Pope Gregory. Uh, so what? Well, I, I want to know what your thoughts are on it, because I know I, that you guys I think it, have... I think it's an arbitrary distinction that happened because the people in power had a particular uh, frame of reference that they wanted to, to do everything. If, 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 for example, another religion had come to power and decided that they wanted to try to unify the calendar, we would be in a different year right now. It's the 2012... Yeah, the, AD, he, the Hebrew be, calendar says it's like 5,000-something. Yeah. Me, meanwhile, 6, the Man. distinctions, the BCAD distinctions, are falling out of favor uh, and in favor of uh, CE and BCE. Um, but it's, it's arbitrary. I mean, you could call this year one. We could just decide today that something... We, we, this is year 11, if we want to mark it from September 11, uh, uh, 2001. This is year 11, month one. Yeah, we, we could... But, but it, it, it still is B.C. and A.D. Am I correct? Right. No, 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 no. Well, if we start over right now... No, but you can't use the word if. If we start over right now, it well, would no... use the word if. I mean, we, it is what it is. Yes For Christ's sake, can I finish? If we start over right now, we would have different labels than B.C. and A.D. It would be B9 and A9. But you're using the word if. Let, let's try to stay with, with what it is. Yeah, currently... Because we use the standard calendar that these other people came up with, we are under their calendar in AD, but we don't necessarily have to use that. But, but and we, we don't. Do. No, we don't all do, use that, actually. Scientists have now switched to using CE and BCE. But what the hell does this have to do with the truth well, of it? I just find it very interesting. Well, you don't have to get mad, brother. I'm, I, I'm not poking at you. I, um, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm I'm just, going to be poking at you. To me, that's, that's quite amazing. Why is it amazing that the people in control decided to label the calendar in accordance with their beliefs? What's amazing about that? I, I find it very strong. I find that wait, strong, wait, wait, strong wait, wait, for wait, what? Wait. Strong for what? I mean, well, it's obviously you... got you upset. But no. no. Do you have a conclusion? Your loud, on annoying <laughs> repetition is what got me upset. I'm asking why. You, what is it about this that you think is amazing or strong? It's just well, to me. To me, it verifies the existence of Christ. <laughs> so, okay, you you understand how the Gregorian calendar came to exist, right? Oh, absolutely. So, so this guy, so this, no, so this guy in the 16th century, this guy in the 16th century said, hey, from now on, let's say that year zero was the year that Christ was born. And somehow this one event, like 1,600 years later, proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that this dude was real. How? Well, you proved to me how it doesn't. There we go. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks for the time waster. All right. Prove to me that I'm wrong. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just going to sit here and wallow in my ignorance and enjoy it. Thanks so much for everybody. Thanks to the people from the Texas Free Thought Convention for coming out today. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> There's the folks that make the show happen. We're going to go out to dinner. I'm Matt. He's Russell. Always a well pleasure, done. Matt. We're out of here. <laughs>